Hey, Denny Van here with Heartfelt Awakening, and thank you for continuing to join us on our transformational journeys to spirit. And we are talking today with our guest, Ryan Sawyer. Hey, welcome, Ryan. Thank you for being on. And thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so a lot of the times when we start out our, our transformational journeys to spirit, the first question we ask is, what was that thing that got you on this journey? What happened? Yeah, so for me, it was um, being in this experience where I was, I like to talk about my life being kind of segmented into different lives because in my previous life, I was a collegiate football coach and I'm coaching college football and to make a long story short, everything seems to be going perfectly because I'm living my dream job and we just won a national championship in 2010, right? I'm coaching defensive line for a division one school and I marry, I get married the following year, uh, 2011, just a few months after we win. And so everything seems perfect, right? And within a few years, we have two young, beautiful babies, a boy and a girl. And through that process of uh, becoming a father, um, I started to just feel completely torn between home life and work life. I wanted to be home. This job of working 80, 100 hour weeks was no longer cool, right? And I really wanted to be involved. I wanted to be there at dinner time. I wanted to put the kids to bed. And so I just felt absolutely torn. And what it brought to the surface was something that I became a master at suppressing and hiding was the fact that I had been dealing with depression and anxiety my entire life, all the way back as far as I can remember into my early teens, you know, with, with uh, you know, very dark thoughts and then all the way through my later teens where I first had the contemplation of uh, committing suicide and then through my 20s I barely slept and but I just learned to say this is my experience I hide it I suppress it and, and nobody knew not even my wife until one day she found me because the, the anxiety attacks were getting crippling to the point where I would sometimes even barely be able to function she found me curled up in a ball in the corner of the room, I'm actually doing the dishes and I lose vision. I get this tightness in my throat and I'm, I go down to the ground. So I crawl over to the other room. So I'm hiding from my family so they don't see it. I don't want them to know. I'm ashamed. And uh, she walks around the corner like, what are you doing? And so I have to come clean, you know? And so it becomes this, this becomes our story now. As, as she knows about it, it's out in the open. It's out. Yeah, it's out, and and now you know the the one of the biggest obstacles was in our relationship, her not knowing how to handle it. So every time she saw me kind of have a, a lower vibration, right? She, Is everything okay? And and so it caused even more friction between us, and um, and so it took me about three years to finally say, okay, I have to fight for my own life here. It was continuously worsening. Until I finally walked away from my coaching career, and wow. that's and that's when you know um, it was a scary moment because it was like, hey, this is what I've always wanted to do. This is my dream job, and I don't know if I'm going to find happiness outside of this career. But I know that if I stay here, um, that I'm not going to make it. My marriage won't make it. Okay, so I have like four brothers, and okay. being a college football coach would be like a dream job, 100%. right? Yeah. So, and here you have this dream job, but... Yeah, well, and you look at it from the outside in. I mean, we're newlyweds. We just built this beautiful new home. Like, I mean, 
and I got it from all angles. When I walked away, it was like, what, what's really going on? And I mean, that was, that was the whole turmoil that was, that was running in my head was like, this is the only thing I've ever known. My identity was wrapped up in this. And I tell people all the time, the greatest singles job in the world, right? When I was single and running around and coaching, coaching ball and, and, you know, chasing girls and doing whatever, like there was no other second thought to it, you know, until, until I realized that I wanted something different. And, and really what I wanted different was for me to be healthy. Right. And that's at the end of the day, I wanted to, to be connected. I wanted to, to find something more to life than winning or losing a football game. And yeah. So you mentioned that you use some transformation tools to break this cycle. It, um, maybe self-sabotage or what have you, right. what tools did you use to help you get through this? Well, which I'm sure your family and friends were like, okay, Ryan's gone completely insane. He had the dream job, right? right. So you give this up. What tools did you help you get through that time? Initially, the first thing I did was turn to the only thing that I knew, which was extreme exercise, nutrition, right? That's the only thing I knew. I lost 70 pounds, got the best shape of my life and was, you know, on that path thinking the harder I push myself physically, you know, then I'll have some sense of relief. And I would, I'd have these two or three days with a little bit of calm and, and the storm wouldn't be there, but it would always return. And I felt like every time it returned, it returned darker and harder. And so I eventually got to a point where my wife and I were on the brink of separation. Like I was, we we're in the kitchen and I'm like, I'm moving out tomorrow. Obviously this isn't working. I need to go get my head figured out. Like, you know, and in that moment we got hit, I got hit with, with what I would call a download, whether you say universe or God spirit. And yeah. I want to hear about this download. Definitely. Yeah. So this, this was the message and it was loud and clear and I just spoke it out. Like it was like, you need to do the work. And so I said out loud, I said, we need to do the work. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Right. And so I'm sitting here and I'm just kind of like in this place of complete despair. And, and, and I'm, and I'm looking over my kids in the living room and I'm just like, I can't believe that I'm going to be in this situation where I'm not going to be with them every day. And I'm just like, and just completely disbelief. And so we just kept talking about it and just kept coming out of me saying, we need to do internal, deep, emotional healing. Like, you become the best version of you. I'm going to work to become the best version of me. We're going to give each other space to grow. And if we come back together, great. But if we always are trying to change everything about each other, about our environment, I mean, like besides just the physical transformation, we sold our home. You know, I left my job. She changed careers. And we did all these things to try to shuffle our lives around to try to fit what we were experiencing rather than going inward and, 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 and doing the work that would allow us to show up fully and to be more authentic with what we're experiencing. So, so we started to like be really curious about what does that look like? What does that mean? And, you know, I, I picked up meditation initially. Uh, I, meditation. To day, yeah. I to this day have a, a very robust meditative practice. And, and then we stumbled upon, I mean, meditation absolutely is the foundation, breath work, meditation. You know, now I'm, I'm certified in meditation and breath work and all kinds of different things and yoga, but the one piece that was potentially the most impactful for both of us to have empathy for each other, to really heal and to grow was we stumbled upon shadow work and we stumbled upon a process called the Q effect, the Q process, which is, was created by one of our mentors here in Spokane 
they, it's a 21 day process where you take these paper cuts, we call them. You take these little triggers that are, that are happening throughout the day that make us feel like we want something to be different than it is, right? That we're not okay with how things that we're, what we're having in the world. And it could be as small as like the dishes trigger us that why is there dishes in the sink or, you know, I mean, running into red lights or somebody cutting you off in traffic or, you know, somebody cutting you off in a conversation. Like that was one for me that I, and I'm still working on to be completely honest with you. Um, but we uncover these limiting beliefs about ourselves by doing this deep internal emotional shadow work, right? And it's all originates, most of it originates from our developmental years, our early years. And, and you know, for when we, when something triggers that or hits our stuff we talk about, then we act out unconsciously, right? And we recognize, we learn through science and through research, and I'm huge on science. Like if you can help me connect the dots of what's really going on, then once I know from a scientific standpoint, what's happening, then I, I find the practice to back that up. And then I'm a freaking freight train because I know if I keep doing this, like it's only a matter of time until I create a new neurological pathway until my cells are reproducing differently. Right. And I'm starting to fire and wire to, you know, the right circuits and I'm turning on genes that I want on and I'm turning other genes off, you know, and it's a whole neuroplasticity conversation, but, that's what this is. This is a reprogramming. This is an abs, you know, a healing process of being able to go back and rewrite the narrative of the meaning making that we are putting on ourselves. And therefore there's that story running unconsciously underneath our awareness. Right. And I have examples if you'd like for me to share, but uh, this, the cue process was the most impactful for our relationship because what it really does is it's conflict resolution and all conflict is internal. So now you mentioned um, that you worked on limiting beliefs. What limiting beliefs were you living with? Oh, goodness gracious. Well, the first one was that I wasn't worthy. I didn't deserve to have a healthy marriage that sooner or later I was going to screw it up. And uh, so that was one that I was without a doubt manifesting. Uh, and I can tell you how I, when I was going through my physical transformation and I was really seeking for approval because I'm dealing with this depression, I want someone to understand what I'm going through, what it, what it feels like to be inside my experience. And my wife was not giving me that at all. Right. And so I'm seeking outside of myself for, to, to meet my own needs, right. Rather than to go inward, to meet my own needs and parent myself. So by seeking outside of myself, I found myself in an emotional affair with another woman. And, uh, my wife confronts me about it. And once we are able to shine light on this limiting belief that I had, that I didn't deserve to be happily married. I didn't deserve this family that sooner or later I was going to screw it up. It was very clear. Like this is exactly what I was unconsciously creating. Right. And, and I was going to lose my family if I didn't take full responsibility for it and rewrite that narrative and let go of those old beliefs and to heal and then to write the narrative that I did want you know, of being present and, uh, you know, and to be grounded and to be a spiritual man that was, that was always there for his wife and kids and created an environment of growth. And now when you say take full responsibility, what mm -hmm. does that look like? Cause I, I, I see, you know, we see a lot of people who like to blame and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So what did that look like for you when you came to that point of taking full responsibility? 
Yeah, you know, that, that's something I think is hard to even conceptualize. Like really I have to, you know, for me, one thing that really resonated when I heard the word blame, it was blame has an expiration, right? At some point, no matter what's happened in our childhood or in our past, like this is my ex existence. This is my experience of how I'm experiencing life. Like if I want it to be different, then I need to take the bull by the horns and I need to, to do the work that is allowed for me to, to open myself up to a different possibility, a different perspective of life. And so one of the pieces that when I learn, again, I'm a science nerd when it comes to like how our mind- I think that's why we connected because that's yeah. what I'm like, yeah. Right, so this whole, this whole idea of like perception and, and how everything is a mirror unto our own need for healing, right? So if I'm judging you, about anything, whatever it is, right? Then there's something that's living within me that I'm judging about that same exact topic, whether it be weight loss or like, let's say, oh, I'm judging somebody because they're overweight. Well, I was 200 and I was 70, 80, 90 pounds overweight. And, and you know, so there's still this part of me that's living inside of me that was judging myself for being overweight, right? Or whatever that thing is, like we are a mirror. Everything is a mirror reflecting back to ourselves. And so, uh, whether it be judgment or there could be something that I like about somebody else. If I see a value in somebody saying, Hey man, they're really courageous. And I, and I really want to be more like that. There's a part of you that lives inside of you. That's just dying to come out. That's courageous. There's also not only these deep, dark parts of our shadow that are hiding and they're very cunning of how they hide, but there's also these golden parts of our shadow that are just wanting to be exposed to be able to flourish as well at the same time. So, so when we start to, to recognize what's really happening and how we're just bouncing off of each other's stuff all the time. It allowed for us to have insane empathy for ourselves, number one, to heal and to love ourselves and have compassion for where we are and to move from there forward. But also whenever I would see somebody else, anybody, or my wife especially, be triggered or to be in a situation where she's not being the truth of her, that she's living out a limiting belief, like, I, rather than getting triggered by that or being frustrated with her, like that's when I turn on the empathy even more because I'm recognizing that that's not the truth of her and she's living out some sort of, so let's do some work. Let's, let's just open up this conversation and we don't coach each other, but we just hold space. So I love that. She, you know, so she's able to recognize uh, that, oh, I'm, I'm reacting right now, which is basically I'm reacting i'm acting in a way that i have before in the past that's worked for me to protect myself right and and that's all we're doing and that could be originating from when you were six years old and you had a, a certain sense of not being good enough with your father or your mother or whatever it is you know and um, and so yeah it's it's that full responsibility is understanding for me i connected those dots when i recognized that everything is a mirror yeah for my so, own need to heal. Exactly. And so um, I'm going to assume you guys are still married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been married? Uh, well, coming up on 10 years. Oh, yeah. congratulations. That means your kids are under 10, huh? They're seven and six. Oh, those are great ages. Boy and a girl. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we, our experience of, of our friendship and our partnership is is completely different. It's, it's honestly, to me, like something I only could have imagined before ever getting married. Like this is what it would be like to where we're truly best friends, you know, and, uh, and absolutely still have moments where, you know, 
like any two human beings, but we, yeah, we were, we're, we're working together. We're building a business together, a coaching business together. And, you know, to, because we are really passionate and we see the need for, it's not couples coaching or couples therapy, but it's to say, Hey, listen, let's both be on our own paths. Let's create that space for each other. And let's, let's promote this idea or concept that if each of us do the work, then we will end up exactly where we're supposed to be. But if we let our stuff bounce off of each other unconsciously, then you're leaving life to chance. I totally agree with that. And I, and I call that projectile vomiting on each other. Right? <laughs> it's so, uh, yeah, you see it clearly now, whereas before, you know, you're projectile vomiting on everybody. And you're pointing that's, fingers, that's right. Exactly. And so going from being a, a football coach to a certified unbeatable mind coach and teaching breath work and yoga. So compared to where you were and where you are now, and then the path that got you here, what was it that stood out to you most? Like was aha moment for that during that time? You know, I, I, I have so many of them uh, that I, I'd be hard to pinpoint one, but I'll tell you what, the thing probably that um, is getting out of our heads and getting into our hearts. I and, love that. And, and to recognize that this, there's a, this illusion going on that we're all separate, you know? Um, and I, you know, my, my meditative practice initially started out to quiet my mind. Like I practice for an outcome. And now my practice is purely spiritual and is to connect, is to be guided. It is, it is uh, to make sure that I have a clean slate every single morning that I start the day with and I set my intentions properly and that I'm not carrying yesterday's baggage into today. You know, and uh, yeah. so it's a whole different realm of practice and when I'm when I'm tapped in when I have a deep practice which you know hopefully is, is as consistent as possible um I, I don't see I, don't, I, I see so much less separation between you and me you know and I see the commonality in everybody and everything and uh, I see just this co-creating of this dance back and forth between your internal environment and your external circumstances and how everything is showing up and it's like if yep, i created that and that's a good thing or oops i created that and that's not what i wanted but i know it came from internally and yep. uh, and so it's just this beautiful dance that happens yeah so with um overcoming anxiety and depression for some young man who mm. is kind of going through this maybe even married with some children sure what would you tell him? He's not alone, first of all. First of all and foremost, you know, uh, I, whenever I think it, I still can feel it, this sense of loneliness. When you're in that story and you're in it all the way, you believe like this is the exist your only existence. I truly believed, and I wrote this in my book, that sooner or later the depression will win, meaning that sooner or later I will find a way out of this scenario of life, right? And, um, and I truly believe that, like, I'm going to hold on as long as I possibly can, but sooner or later, it's going to win. So this idea, you're not alone, number one, and, um, and that you can rewire yourself. You can do the work 
that allows for you to see life in a way right now, if you're, if you're, if you're experiencing depression that you cannot see because you just cannot experience what you have not yet experienced. You cannot know what you do not know. It's just, it's, it's our human experience as we are right now. We only know what we know. We can only see what we can see. And, you know, to start to develop this amazing skill of what we call the witness. I've talked about it quite a bit recently and this ability to separate yourself from your thoughts. You know, we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. 80% of these thoughts are the same as yesterday and they're just running on a loop. And for me, years ago, they were deep, dark, negative, self, uh, I'm beating myself up. You know, I mean, one of my, you know, just guilty, guilty thoughts constantly, just this sense of guilt. And by doing the work and being able to separate myself from these thoughts, being able to visualize myself as being this grounded mountain and, and these thoughts were a cloud passing over and, and it's in meditation you develop the skill of witnessing where here come these thoughts and there they go yeah and, and then you carry that with you through the day like a lot of people don't understand like meditation is not just about this experience of meditating like it's some sort of experience like it is the practice as we walk through our day is to stay in this place of awareness so we're Love fully it. present of what's happening right now. We're not judging this moment based upon the past or of a projection into the future. We are here and now, and we're not allowing for any sort of noise, internal or external noise, to pull us out of the present moment, right? And so this is a skill, but we first develop this crucial, crucial skill of, of, of being able to witness or observe what you're thinking. And then now as we start to recognize what we're thinking, then we develop the skill of metacognition. So now I'm going to look at my thinking, think about my thinking, going, where did this thought come from? Is it serving me? And if it is not, then I'm going to learn to either heal it, move past it, let it go, and replace it with what I do want. And every time we do that, we are pruning, and this is the science part, we're pruning a neurological pathway, saying we're cutting that ties with, with our old story, and we are replacing it with what we do want. And it's, you know, I, I, I refer to it as like being in the woods or being in the jungle with a machete, you're just hacking away because you have to create a new path and it starts out and then eventually it becomes a dirt road. And the next thing you know, you got that baby paved and before too long, it's a freaking four lane highway and you're cruising, right? But you have to resist the temptation of going down what we have, because that's what happens is over time is you know, these thoughts and these feelings become ingrained in us and they become these loops and these patterns. I want to talk right. about what you just said about how these thoughts become so ingrained because I, I work with a lot of guys who um, have the ingrained thought that if they ask for help, they're not a man. You know, it's like yeah. a man never asks for directions, you know, kind right. of thing. So I, I write that in my of, book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So did you kind of go through that of you know, still moving forward and, and asking for the help you need? What did that look yeah. like for you? Yeah, you know, I, I finally came to a point where I realized, okay, I can't do this alone. And, uh, you know, so I reached out to a mentor and said, but, you know, you seem like somebody who has their stuff together. You seem peaceful. You seem driven. You seem inspired. I wanted to know. I, I adopted this thing I call try it on. Like, I am willing to try any tool any remedy 
I don't care. You have something that you think works for you. Let's go. I'll try it on. If it's working for you, maybe it'll work for me. Like, what is your thoughts? Like, how do you view the world? What practices are you using? What tools? How do you start your day? Like, I just became fascinated by every aspect of somebody who looked peaceful, who, who was inspired. I don't care about financial success. I'm talking about internal peace. You know, and I wanted to know what their internal environment was like. I wanted to know how did they cultivate that, whether they knew or whether they didn't know. I wanted to know. And so, you know, if there is a man out there listening to this podcast who deals with some sense of depression or anxiety and they haven't caught up in their mind that they have to be able to figure this out and fight through it, I'm just, I'm, I'm just absolutely begging you to say, you know what, you, you, you don't have to be alone in this. You don't have to do it alone. And it, it's, I, re, I refer to it like back in the day before GPS. I don't know, <laughs> right? I don't know you, how we did it. <laughs> right. Well, you, you got an address. You try to figure out where it was. Okay, it's on 26th, and I'm on, and I'm on 19th. It's got to be seven blocks that way, and, and you figured it out. But how many times were you out there driving around, and you finally were you the person who would not stop and ask for directions, or would you just stop at the gas station and say, "Here's this address. Do you have any idea where it's at?" And, and how much easier was it to get where you're going when you asked on how to get there? Because somebody's been in your shoes, somebody has dealt with what you're dealing with. You're not, you're not, you're not unique in, in dealing with depression or anxiety. So somebody who has overcome it, what worked for them? How did they do it? How did they connect the dots that led them down the path to being able to experience life from a whole different perspective? What allowed for them to be joy and peace and abundance and all these things that you, that I once thought was not possible for me. I didn't get to experience those things. And so, you know, why not at least give it a try like why not okay i remember the first time like i'm gonna do this meditation thing i'm gonna sit out here and like i was in my garage all right 20 minutes just focus on my breathing that's what they said to do okay you know and you know three minutes goes by and i'm like it's gotta be 20 minutes all right right?" (laughs) i know it's been three and and, but it was this commitment to saying i'm gonna keep trying it i'm gonna keep trying i'm gonna keep Mm -hmm. trying it i'm gonna keep trying it and i'm gonna do it without I have a, a fun story. Uh, this woman told me when I first committed to myself, I was willing to try anything, right? Essential oils. Sure. Whatever it is. Right. But this woman goes, this woman goes, uh, Oh, depression. That's easy. All you need to do is ask yourself, why am I so happy? Three times, put a smile on your face, say it out loud and you won't be depressed anymore. And I thought to your, I, thought, I looked at her like, how dare you tell me what I'm going through is easy. Right. And uh, so anyway, I'm driving away from our conversation and I thought to myself, well, Ryan, you told yourself that you would do it, that you would, you would try anything. So try it. And so I'm like, why am I so happy? Why am I so happy? And I say it without much inflection in my voice. I'm like, that's not what she said. She said, smile, Ryan. And she said, say it out loud. So I do it. Why am I so happy? Why am I so? And, and I felt this vibrational shift. I felt something move. In my heart space, I, and I can actually I can feel it right now, right? And I thought, huh? Now that may not work. I can't go around all day long yelling out loud, "Why am I so happy?" I'd be people think I'm crazy. But but if it worked, and if it actually changed my vibration to where then now my cells are reproducing with a different vibrational frequency, right? Right? This would eventually become my experience, right? So I thought I need to know why that worked. 
right? I have to know why. So that's what led me down the whole science path. Like I just had to know why. And uh, anyway, you know, it's, it's this, it's just taking something on, trying it and, and doing it with, with whatever amount of optimism and commitment you can muster. So you've tried a lot of things and oh, yeah. um, this worked. What things didn't work? I think everything worked a little bit, you know, to be completely honest with you. Like it's just some of it's your mindset going into it. Are you ready to let go of the story that's told that you've told that got you here? You know, and if you aren't, then it's probably not going to work. And your subconscious mind will create a story that this is not for you. You know, so I, I to this day, I mean, if I were to think of all the things that I do, I do grounding, I do sun gazing, I do essential oils, you know, I, I meditation and breath work. And I, I'm aware of what my first thought of the day is. And I do this, uh, what's called a spoken first word every single day. And I mean, it's the list of things I have. They've all been one at a time. I think that's a really important point is that you, you know, committed you can, to trying it. Yeah. One thing at a time though. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I implemented it in and I implemented it in and I implemented it in and, you know, and, and so once it was integrated, then I moved on to the next tool, you know? Um, and I, not that I have to do all those things, but one, a therapist told me, well, you should eat bananas. Guess who went to the store and bought bananas an hour later? Right? I mean, I was eating three bananas a day. If bananas were going to help, I would eat bananas. I don't care. You know? Did they help? I don't know, but maybe. I mean, sure. <laughs> I still eat bananas every day because if it's helping, then it's helping. And, maybe, and a lot of it, it could be placebo. Right? A lot of it could be the placebo effect. If I think it's going to work, it's going to work. So what? Right? You know, gut health, kombucha. Right here. There it is. I'm drinking my kombucha right now Love while kombucha. I'm talking to you. Right? So I used to make my own. I do. I make my own sometimes too. Yeah. So you go from a coach to being a mind coach, a cue effect facilitator mm. with your wife. And so tell us about the work that you're doing now. So what we are launching now, we're super excited about it. It's, we have a membership and it's going to be launching the first part of September. We're going to do 30 days for free here for a limited time, just so people can hop in and just check out what we're doing. What it, what it is not, I love to tell people what it's not first. It is not couples therapy, okay? But it is two people who are a couple doing the work side by side. And it is going to be for individuals and for couples. And it's going to have uh, a bonus section, that we're calling it, where there's going to be breath work. And so we're going to learn the mechanics of breath, the physiology of breath, you know, and all the pieces of the puzzle to help us develop our own practice. And it's going to have meditation paths and yoga, and it's going to have all those pieces of the puzzle, as well as we're going to have monthly coaching calls. And so we're going to do a lesson, and our lesson could be on like perception. It's all going to be science-based, research-driven. It's all going to be on those types of things that we have learned from all the different uh, certifications that we've taken. And we haven't taken any certifications to become coaches. We took them because I love to learn. And so it was like, yeah, well, I want to know why the Q process works so well. So I'm going to go become certified. So it deepens my practice, right? And then by deepening our practice, here we are wanting to share it. And so we'll have monthly topics and lessons, and then we'll come back and have questions and answers with 
that uh, with that topic in mind, and we'll also do separate coaching calls. So the men can get on with me, the women can get on with her, and we can go deeper. We can talk about what's going on in our lives and everything else, but it's going to be a membership base and it's going to be super affordable. So people can just hop in there and go at their own pace. And it's going to be one price per household. So our goal is to get, so families are doing the work together. I mean, even my son who I love him dearly and my daughter is starting to kind of uh, work with it a little bit, but I work with breath work and yoga with them quite a bit. And, and he's, he's all in, like he has a morning routine. He's seven years old and he loves to get up and do a few minutes of breathing. He moves consciously and he, he sets an intention for the day and he comes out of his room, like boom, just glowing. And so, you know, he's going to have some stuff that he's going to help us teach for kids too, because we want this to be so basically you you help people on the family level who are committed to making individual changes together as a family do you mind if i steal that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so um i want to ask you about what what um led to the book you know it was it was me again wanting to make sure that people knew they weren't alone and um you know it was partly a challenge i didn't i personally I, okay, so let's talk about limiting beliefs again for a few minutes. I thought I would, I had a limiting belief that I was stupid. Okay. In the fourth grade, I was reading at a first grade level. I had um, adolescent uh, epilepsy. So, you know, I was on all kinds of medications. I had tons of different seizures when I was a kid. And that affected me in school. I just, I couldn't learn. I couldn't retain information. I was kind of walking around like a zombie until about the eighth grade. And so I just, school, no. And so I was 35 years old before I even picked up a book and read a book. And so this idea, as I went through this transformation, that I became the student of life and I became just like, just digesting information and science and all this stuff. It was really ironic for me, right? And so when I got to that point where I realized, you know what, I have completely done a 180 with my life in every aspect, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, every piece right? This is something that needs to be shared because I'm a relatable guy, college football coach, you know, um, you know, and so be able to go from that to where I am now, I I thought it was a story that needed to be told. Uh, And and it was a story that needed to be told because it might get in the hands of one person out there. And if it saves a life or shifts a perspective or, or gets somebody on the path, then that's why I wrote it. And I wrote it to myself. I wrote it to my 35 year old self, basically saying, this is what he would potentially pick up and read, right? And, uh, you know, because uh, that person was very resistant to, to learning anything new. You know, I knew it all. So why would I pick up a book and read anything? You know? So are so, you 35? Because the book's today I'm 40. Today I'm 43. Oh, because I was going to say my husband and I have been married for as long as you've been alive. But you're 43. We've been married for 35 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So no. 35 was about the age where Heidi was pregnant, Colton was about to be born, and that's when I looked in the mirror. I was like, who are you being? And 35 was my age for that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was a wake-up call. Well, it's, it's, it's actually science-based. Science. Tell based me about that. 35 so thir- is science-based? Yeah. So yeah. that is. It's uh, the, the whole midlife crisis idea. You know, if you look at Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, breaking Love his work, yeah. Yeah, so you look at his work, he talks about at 35 years old is when we stop having new experiences. 
Uh, we're pretty much everything that we're going to experience we already have unless we start seeking new experiences if it's when we become very comfortable we've gone through school we've maybe even found a mate we've had a couple of kids we've bought a house we've got a new career we, and, and now here we are we're 35 years old and, and so now life becomes fairly redundant and just automatic and 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 this is when things surface is because we're no longer distracted by seeking the next thing in life the next milestone right and so uh, if that's at the point where a lot of suffering sometimes comes to the table and midlife crises and a lot of you know potentially marriages that are in in, uh, in, uh, in shambles and things of that nature because we start seeking outside of ourselves to fill that void and um yeah so from a science-based standpoint we now recognize that at that age we need to start seeking a new perspective we need to start learning something new intentionally we need to pick up a different book that we haven't heard we need to try to take on a different belief structure that somebody else has and that works for them we gotta try that on for ourselves like hey maybe how would that shift my perspective and how would i have a different experience of life if i thought that way and we have to start to reshape our minds at that age otherwise we're just going to decline you know um if we, it's a simple principle that we're either getting best we're either getting better or we're getting worse you know there, there is no stay the same and uh and so that's when growth in my opinion really becomes important is is around that age yeah it's a very powerful age for sure so in your book you mentioned the eight principles of transformation so yeah i i i recognized that the these pieces of the puzzle that continue to show up for me you know, and, and so when I started to kind of, I, I was a really avid journaler and I would journal every single day. I still do not quite as much as I was then, but I would journal every day. I would just dump in on the page and I started to recognize this trend of what was happening. And so I created these eight principles and it was really a reminder. It was a reminder to me of, of what it is going to ground me and continuing to do the work more than wanting to share that with the world in a sense. But and then the other piece of it is the cycle of transformation. I noticed this experience happening over and over and over again of me being at a place where I recognized I wanted something to be different. And then I had to create the void. The void is this creating space, decluttering my life to where I could actually do the work. You know, physically decluttering your life, meaning, you know, getting rid of stuff that you don't need anymore or emotionally, mentally decluttering your life, you know, quieting your mind, doing the work. And then it was this climb of actually incorporating something new, reaching out to a different mentor, reading a different book, picking up something that you had never, you know, uh, a different belief structure that you maybe, you know, had never been uh, exposed to before. And then as we start to do the work, we get to this place called, I call the false summit or the plateau, meaning that we feel like, hey, we have had a shift. I, I, I'm more patient than I used to be, or, or whatever it is. And that is where we're on slippery ground. We, we recognize the nature of our mind is to make you think you're on sturdy ground, but you're actually slipping backwards. And so, and so when we get to this plateau, that's when the work becomes that much more important. And the final piece of the cycle of transformation is integration. So once we fully integrate something into our lives, that means we've completely cut ties with this old version of ourselves, the old story. And we recognize that the price of the new life is the old one. And so we fully walk into our own power, into the new story, and we authentically show up and take the actions that allow for us to be this new version of ourselves that we've created in our mind, that we've, that we've held onto the vision of, 
And, and then we recognize, okay, so what's next? Well, what's next means we're back at choice point. We're back at this place where we know we're going to want something different. We, we want more peace. We want more abundance. We want more joy in our lives. So we're going to have to declutter. We're going to have to create the void again to do the work and around and around we go. And so I recognize this happening sometimes daily, weekly, monthly, you know, and I, and I recognize the resistance to change. I recognize this plateau and then breaking through, through this integration being like, Oh, I'm no longer practicing meditation for some X result. I'm practicing meditation because I am the meditation, you know? And, and that was when I, that was when this cycle of transformation like popped in my head and I was like, this is what I've been doing. So I shared that journey. Love it. So you have a gift for our listeners. Can you tell us about that? A gift? Yes, the free month free. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Number yeah, so, yeah. Group. Well, it's, yeah, so it's limited time, meaning we're not completely sure how long we're going to run it. Uh, but yeah, the, for anybody who wants it, just hop in, check out what we're doing. All the tools that are in the book are, we go much deeper in the membership because the back of the book, and really the back half of the book is it goes deeper into meditation and breath work and visualization and, and the shadow work and, and all kinds of different stuff that I've used over the, over the years. And so that's going to be the basis of this membership. And so it's 30 days free hop in, no requirement to stay in. We'll have a link for you guys in um, the description of the podcast. So definitely we'll do that. Yeah. It sounds like a really nice, nice offer to check it out. Check you out, check out your story. And I think the work that you're doing is awesome, especially with your wife and as a couple. And there is a huge need I'm finding to really target the guys. I mean, probably about half of my clientele are male, but I target to women. Mm. And so we need the guys to know that hey there's help out there and yeah. to be able to just you know what reach out and say hey i need i i need something i need help right. and right. that it's well, okay to do that let's do the work man let's do the work you know i and let's do the work to become better versions of ourselves to experience life differently and let's create that, that that and let's create an environment of growth within your own existence internally and then within your own four walls of your own home and love and, it and, and your marriage will transform, your relationship with your kids will transform, and, and most importantly, the relationship with yourself, because that's where it all starts. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, Ryan, for being on. I really Thank appreciate you, so you. And um, I, I look forward to hearing more about your work. Thank you yeah. very much. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to Heartfelt Awakening Radio. We're going to see you next time. Take care. <laughs>